You are listening to the Spark Influence Podcast with Spark Media founders, Peter and Misty Phillip. Spark Influence is a podcast about living a life with intention in marriage, family, ministry, and as business leaders. This show is brought to you by the Spark Media Podcast Network. Visit sparkmedia.ventures for more inspiring podcasts. Welcome to the Spark Influence Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about making disciples. We've been talking about growth throughout the month of January. We've talked about personal growth and development, unlocking potential with shared knowledge and resources, tracking and assessing progress to identify growth and development areas. But today, we're going to talk about the duty of all believers to go and make disciples. Yeah, I know this topic may seem a little tangential to what we've been covering, but I think we can we can tie it up nicely to how this all works together because as you said, right, we are all called to go and be disciples and to make disciples. And uh, I think that if you are a believer and you are in business, that it is your responsibility to not only, you know, conduct yourself in a way that's that's befitting, but to also go and make disciples. Yeah, that's right. As the world grows darker, we may have the inclination to recoil back from it and circle the wagons in a safe Christian bubble. But Jesus calls us to go, to go into the world and make disciples. And to your point, we make disciples wherever we go. We are co-laborers in the gospel, living on mission for God, whether that's in our home, in our office, in our community, or our workplace. We are called to make disciples. It's part of our calling. It's the great commandment. We've had this conversation before, and there's a there's a conceptual, very biblical description of what discipleship is. But I think if we're going to tie this back to to business, how you conduct yourself, you can be the disciple and you can disciple by conducting yourself in in an honorable way. And by living out your Christian faith and belief, you are discipling, whether you know it or not, the way you interact with people, the way you transact business with them, the way you treat your spouse, the way you treat your children, the way you treat strangers, the way you treat the least of us, right? When people see that, that becomes a discipleship tool, right? It's not—it's a witnessing, yes, but it's—it's it's really discipleship because they're seeing how you interact with the world, and it's very impactful. It, I, those things have impact far greater than people ever realize. Yeah, there's consensual circles and ripples that. I don't even know that we'll ever see until we get to heaven. That's such a great point. Well, let's go to the key scripture for today. And that is, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you until the end of this age. This is such a powerful verse. And I want to unpack it a little bit because one of the things that Jesus first says to the disciples is, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And we carry that same authority as a believer through the the working power of the Holy Spirit within us. And sometimes I don't think we exercise 
that authority because we are supposed to tread on serpents and scorpions and the enemy, right? And sometimes I think we recoil back in fear instead of using that authority that we have in Jesus. So that was kind of the first point I wanted to make. And then it says, go therefore and make disciples and go to the ends of the earth. And that's what I love about podcasting. It's really cool that we can sit here and record this podcast conversation and it can reach people all around the world. Yeah, it's very cool actually. And it it, it kind of, I know it's a, it's a different method of uh, discipling, right? But it, it's probably more intimate in a lot of ways because they get to, they can, bring us into a really personal space where we may not ever, we would never meet them. We would never have any kind of engagement, especially like, you know, to the ends of the earth kind of, you know, the people who are listening to you in Azerbaijan, hello. And it's just really, it's great. We would never get there. Like right? it's just not on my travel list right now. And so, but they get to hear and they get to be discipled for, with a message. And I think that's incredible. That's, that's God, you know, that's his little wink about here's technology for you and here's how I can make it, you know, Spread the gospel to the end of the world. It's pretty cool. It is really cool, isn't it? Well, let me go keep going in that verse because there's something else that I wanted to point out. It says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And then this last part is, behold, I am with you to the end of the age. That means no matter what is happening in this world, God is with us and he is for us. And so as we go out and make disciples, we don't have to fear because he's always, he's always with us. You know, our pastor this past Sunday, just ask our congregation some questions. And I think that we should pose those to our audience as well. He asked the question, who is becoming more like Jesus because you are investing in them? What a powerful question. Who are we investing in? Is it the people in our home? Is it the people in our office? Is it someone at church? Is it someone in our community? Who are we investing in? I just loved that. You know, we've talked about mentoring a lot on the podcast, and and that's really what that is. And, you know, we can open the Bible with someone, and we can pray, and just meeting like that can have a huge impact on someone's life. You really develop a friendship and, and can go deep with with someone else when you do that. Also, this was the other question that he asked us, and it said, when I stand before the Lord, will I be happy with what I have to present to him? So I think about the all of the works that we do and only the things that we do for the Lord are the things that will last. And so we need to be living with this eternal perspective, knowing that our reward is in heaven. Sometimes we may get rewarded here on earth, but we're not, we're not living for earthly rewards. We're not living for fancier houses and cars and clothing and whatever those things of the world that we think will satisfy us. Because really, it's when we love the widow and the orphan and the and we love the person who has wronged us, that's when we're being like Jesus, and that's when we're we're spreading his love. yeah we're we're travelers and right and our, and our our destination is paradise. And if we see along the way people who don't know there's a place to go and people don't who are mired in the there and the then, 
why would we not want to just say, come with me? I've, there's a better place to go. Come with me. And that we should not be here in this. Yes, we have to traverse through it, and we have to figure out how to get through to the other side. But why would we not want to take everybody with us? Why would we not want to tell everybody, come, this is a much better place. We're just travelers here. Oh, I love, I really, really love that. Because when you started to, to say that, what I immediately thought of was the Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah, yeah. And that's a story that we have read and we love. And there, there's so many, I mean, written by John Bunyan many, many years ago. It has sold, you know, almost as many books as the Bible, but just a tale of the Christian life and uh, sin and Vanity Fair and all the things that this world has to offer. But then also, you know, that Jesus is our shepherd and he's guiding us all along the way on that journey to paradise. Yeah, it was a well-loved story in our house. And it, it does a tremendous job of illustrating that, right? I think one of my favorite parts is, I don't remember the, the character's name, but he comes across him and he's in the mud and he's looking down and he's just, woe is me and how think terrible things are. And he keeps trying to get him to look up because just ahead is a way out of that. Just right there. If he would just look up from what he's doing and stand up and just come with me and you'll be out of this mire and muck, but he won't and he can't get himself out of it. And there's a lot of people, especially recently, who are in that mode, right? So I think that we should redouble our efforts. Maybe it takes more than just talking and make, pick, actually pick them up and carry them out like there's a lot of work to do, and there's a lot of our there's more opportunity than we can ever possibly fill as individuals, right? But we should be collectively thinking about this, um, especially as a church. And and I love that we this this Sunday was really good from the message on mission, right? Like that's our church has that sign when you leave says you are now entering your mission field as you leave the church, right? Because that's, right. that's what that is. So that's right. I think that's uh I think that's a good message. It's, it's such a great message. Let me give you the definition that our pastor shared with us about discipleship. And that is discipleship is a development process whereby believers intentionally pass on to others what they know, have experienced and are learning so that they can become more like Jesus. And I have this podcasting shirt and it says, each one teach one, like teach everything you know. And that's what we should be doing as disciples. It could be something that we read in our morning quiet time. It's amazing how God will present us an opportunity within the day to either share that scripture or to learn from that principle and and it can affect our daily lives. Another scripture that he quoted, and I know that this is uh, one of your favorite ones, uh, which is iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. And that's from Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. But in order for us to sharpen one another, we have to be in community with one another. So we have to have people in our lives that we are sharpening ourselves with, you know, whether it's a small group, a best friend, trusted advisors, like we've talked about, and it could be our colleagues or our coworkers in the office, or even like us when we do family discipleship, when we read the Bible and encourage one another in the word together. Yeah, dude, I don't, you probably couldn't list where to find one because they're everywhere, right? There's always that there's, it doesn't have to be an older person. We've talked a lot about experience and you know, my feelings on experience are, is everything, right? Finding someone who's got just, they could be younger than you, but have more of a spiritual walk experience than you and have ridden 
read more deeply and studied, you know, longer and, and could be a mentor in that walk to help you. Right. And then there's no, you, you, if there's a pride problem, that's something else you should look at, <laughs> maybe have a conversation with them, but there's nothing wrong with taking and having that fellowship with someone who can help, help bring you along in the mentor, the age doesn't matter, but typically it, it is the case. Right. But like you said, you don't know where those people may lie and you can just come across one and, and, or you should be one. If you have that, you've got that passion and that knowledge and experience that you can help them and guide them, take them through the Bible, bring that fervor and excitement that you felt when you really got saved and you were just like burning on fire, like bring it to them. You'd love nothing like stoking those flames in someone else. You're absolutely right. I love in the current Bible study that I'm doing, I'm studying the book of Titus with a group of ladies from my church. And I have probably this, I mean, it's just the sweetest ladies in there, probably in their 80s. And those ladies come so full of wisdom. I just could just sit and listen to them speak all day. And then there's younger women and, and people younger in the faith. And, and so it's a lot of fun to to get in the word with a group of people and to study it and to, and to talk about how we can apply it to our life. Because it's not just reading the book. You know, we have to apply it. And so that's kind of where the iron sharpens iron it, it sometimes looks different for men and women like what I really admire about you is you are you are trying to convert every person you've ever met like you are always always <laughs> maybe to even to someone. a fault <laughs> that's okay I don't think I don't think God's gonna say why did you why'd you do that why'd you bug them like no, I I love that about you and I, I think that's a good you you've respect for respect for your elders is a real thing like you should have it but they've, they've put in the time, the energy, they've, they've been there, man, like respect them. And, and I remember the day you, you looked at me and you said, oh my gosh, I'm the older woman. Like I'm now the older <laughs> woman. Like I was, I'm not this girl anymore. I'm the older woman that has for advice. I thought that was great, but it was cute because you embraced that so warmly. You were like ready to use that to teach and mentor. And I just, I love that about you. And I think, I think you illustrate, in my opinion, Women have it easier than men. It's way more difficult for men to just kind of open and get this conversation going. There has to be a certain level of familiarity with each other for a time instead of me, like, chasing you down saying, hey, sir, have you heard about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Like, I, <laughs> I'm not going to run you down to the parking lot and return your cart for you and convert you, right? So uh, it's not what I do. And and so I love seeing that in you because you have a real fervor for it, and you do it all the time, and I love that about you. So I just wanted to call that out because I think it's it's, it's – it's a it's a uh, character or a persona that a lot of Christians don't adopt. It's like they're shared to say, share faith. They're share they're scared to try to assume that mantle of mentorship or, or don't even want to be a mentee. So I think it's really great. I think uh, if more people adopted it, we'd be in a better place. Yeah, I think it is a scary thing to a lot of people. But if we understand the depths of God's love for us, we can't help but tell other people. And especially in Revelation, it says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That means that we need to be sharing the things that God has done for us. So it doesn't have to be like hitting them over the head, like you said, chasing them down saying, have you heard about our Lord and Savior? It could just be like, I am so blessed because God has done this in my life or I was in this kind of trouble and I prayed and God came to my rescue. It's when we when we share our testimonies, that's what encourages others. Yeah, it's it doesn't have to be the big things, right? Just living daily life in this world 
and and making it and doing it, that's testimony, man. You just tell someone about that. You know what? I had that same thing every day. I did everything the same. I had three kids. It was crazy. I had to cook. I had to clean. My husband was always gone like, that's testimony because you made it and you came through it and you survived and you produced, you know, uh, believing children and, and have a solid marriage. Like that's, those are huge things. Like tell other people about that. Cause it's the little problems that everyone gets every day that ends up messing up, messing up everybody. I mean, that's what trips you up. There's the catastrophic events are handled in a completely different way as a one-off kind of thing, typically. So it's the daily, it's the daily minutia, right? And finding mentors who can say, I got, you got this. Like, let me, let me help you. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's work through it. Right. And just a faith companion as well. Huge, huge, huge thing, right? Absolutely. Well, I also want to share some practical ways for people to nurture and grow their faith, especially if you're listening to this podcast and you're new to your faith. Here are, I'm going to give you seven things that you can do this week to start to grow in your faith. Number one, read and study your Bible. This is the foundation of our faith, and it's the primary way that we learn about God's character and his will for our lives. Next, prayer. By praying, talking to God, and then listening. I think that's the component that we don't just say, help me with all these things, God. We have to to sit in his presence and listen for his guidance. This is an essential part of nurturing our faith. The third thing would be worship. Joining with other believers in worship helps us to focus on God and to remember that we are not alone in the faith journey. Four, serve others. Putting our faith into action through acts of service is a powerful way to grow our faith and to make a difference in the world around us. It says faith without works is dead. So let's put our faith into action. Number five, surrounding ourselves with other believers. This is so important, I think, especially in this day and hour. Being in community with other Christians helps us to be accountable, to encourage each other, and to learn from one another. Number six, practicing spiritual disciplines such as fasting, meditation, and journaling. These practices can help us deepen our relationship with God and focus on our spiritual growth. Peter, you're really great about fasting and I'm a little bit better at journaling, but it doesn't matter which of these things that you do, pick one and do what helps you grow. Finally, be consistent and persistent. Growing in faith is not an overnight process. It's going to take time and effort But consistency and persistence in our faith practices will help us to see progress in our faith journey. It's important to remember that nurturing our faith is an ongoing process, and it's going to look different for each of us. The most important thing is to be intentional about seeking God and growing in our relationship to Him. Yeah, those are good. Those are very good. Especially, yeah, (laughs) I'm terrible at journaling, so much so that I don't do it at all. But I am, uh, I, I do strongly in, see the power of fasting and praying intently. Um, it's a very a great way to clear your mind and listen for God's voice. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's close with this scripture and some final thoughts. In Matthew 28, 18 to 20 in the ESV, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. That has been the focus verse as we have talked about going forth and making disciples. Peter, I'd love for you to share any thoughts, any final thoughts about making disciples. You know, for me, I've had lots of different ways that I have discipled people through my business and just life in the neighborhood, all different kinds of ways. And like you said, it's it might be a little bit different for men and women. Maybe you could speak to to men who may be struggling with making disciples because, you know, they don't feel comfortable talking to people about Jesus in the office. What what would be a good way for them to do that? It's, it's a hard thing because it's very individual. Having Be bold in your faith, and, and you will notice and recognize people who are struggling or who uh, are maybe seeking, who need some help and a mentor. It's going to be obvious, right? Unless you're just completely oblivious, you'll find these people. And you and, and I encourage you to, to take the step and say, you know what, let's have a – just have coffee. Let's go talk. Take them – you know, whether if it's you work in an office, go to lunch – if you just if you know them casually or you have some type of relationship with them and you want to kind of maybe say okay I think I can help this person just just come out there and say it right it's not like you're asking them for their account number you're just asking them to talk about something that's probably already in their mind and heart and that they would love to know more and nah, they don't always understand how to grow in it and and how to to learn more and on the other side of that if you're looking for a mentor seek out known men that, or that you have encountered that are upright standing upright gentlemen right that will are willing that are good believers that are willing to have those conversations and talk to you because when you you know taking the preponderance of your life's experience and and if you're a believer wanting to share that with them they're they're eager to share that with you they're eager to help you and move you along not to make it easier in, in some sense, like it's not, a, they're not a cheat coach, right? This is not like an SAT test and you're getting a teacher to help you. This is, this is someone who has had these experiences and will help you absorb and understand the Bible. Cause it's not, it's not a time thing. There's no timeline to it. It can take the rest of your life or it could happen very quickly, right? It's just, it's, just, it's going to take what it takes. And I encourage you to either have the faith to come and ask someone to help you or have the courage to go and say, you know what? Let's have coffee and let's talk about this. let's talk about a few things, right? Yeah, oh. and and I've seen you do this over and over and over throughout your career with different people. I think they gravitate to, to you as a leader, and you just befriend them and your friends. But then when trouble comes, they know who to come to for for wise counsel because you've proven yourself as a man of honor. And we need more men of honor in the world today. So, Amen. so both men and women of honor. So I just thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I hope you have heard something that will encourage you to deepen your faith walk and to share your faith with others.